Scoop Slam Podcast. As Booker T would say, ducky, ducky, quack, quack, the Scoop Slam Podcast is back, and we're here reviewing Survivor Series. A little bit of Raw. It was a big show. They were in Chicago with 17,000, and me and my co-host Ryan are here to talk about it before a big weekend for us and a good weekend last weekend, not just the uh, pay-per-view included. But before we get too far into anything, I am Micah, one half of your hosting team, and as I mentioned earlier, my co-host, he is a CM Punk apologist. It's Ryan. Good. Man, it is a great, great day to be here in the Scoop Slam podcast. I've just been elated. I've been on cloud nine, the greatest sports weekend of my life. I had my crimson tie, pull it off. And then we had the return of CM Goat on Saturday night, too. Oh, man. I did want to talk about that for a little bit because I think I text you what at what time would this have been? Maybe four o'clock and I was like, Oh boy, today is looking like some doom and gloom because <laughs> <laughs> Alabama was playing like garbage. The most improbable ending to a game you'll ever see. Fourth and goal from the thirty one. No hope. We're we're in Jordan Hare Stadium, Micah. We got a quarterback that doesn't see the line of scrimmage. He's throwing the ball past it twice in one game, and then he sits back in the pocket for more than five seconds and throws an absolute dart into the left corner of the end zone and wins us the Iron Bowl. And you couldn't have scripted it any better, Micah. Mm, it was uh, it was insane to watch live. I almost made me start a football podcast. Um <laughs> Ten years after the kick six, we finally got revenge. Good. Hopefully we can bury that garbage, because, boy, they love to keep bringing that up during the entire freaking game. Okay. Well, we got that now. We got that in the chamber. <laughs> That's true. Um, But, yeah, so a good, a good weekend, rivalry week. Both of us are Alabama fans, so that started off good. Um, or at least it was good by the end, and then Survivor Series came. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So it is a pretty big show. We're going to review a little bit of Raw after. So no trivia this week. I don't have a specific take of the week. Um, if you want to do your own research, you can look at some of these bad CM Punk takes that people are coping with if you want to look at that, because there's some real bad takes out there online but i don't know if you had one in mind ryan oh man we could be here all day i saved a lot of them micah but uh seeming it seems that we have a packed show for survivor series so we might skip take of the week this week but we'll be back with the next week um or the week after that so once again if you guys are not following us on instagram or you didn't check our last episode this weekend we have a big show we have our first ever interview with a wwe nxt superstar brooks jensen he was on nxt this past tuesday um so make sure you go to the link tree in the bio of this um bio in the description of this episode go to our social media <laughs> so you can get notifications immediately when that drops follow us on spotify whatever uh, that should be coming out this Sunday, if not then, then this Monday. But we're really excited. It's going to be a good show. 
Um, we're getting all the details now, some questions, all that good stuff. But let's focus on right now. Let's focus on this past weekend, and then we'll move to that a little later. But as we were talking about, Survivor Series was in Chicago, and they started the show off with the women's war games match that I was bamboozled with because you told me it was going to be a Survivor Series tag team match. I texted you I and I was like, confused. what? I was confused. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I apologize about that. But Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Shotzi faced Kyrie Sane, Asuka, Io Sky, and Bailey making up damage control. And this one was pretty lengthy, I'm not going to lie, as most of I mean, they have to be, but uh, to start us off, Ryan, we're going to do our scoops and slams for Matt, so if, th- if this is your first time listening, uh, scoops are our positives, slams are our negatives, so to open us up, Ryan, did you have any scoops for this match? Yeah, yeah, I didn't, well, before the match, I did enjoy the stage setup they had, Micah. I thought it was basic and it worked well. It it kind of reminded me of them those old Madison Square Garden setups, you know, where they didn't really have a stage. They just kind of had like a a little a little curtain that they come out through. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. I like that. I do like their big uh, arena stages that they've been doing recently. I've been watching the 1997 Royal Rumble, and it's very similar to that. It's just a small little stage. They get as many people in there as they can. And while I'm a fan of, like, big elaborate stages that match the theme instead of just, like, LED screen, um, I do like the small little setups that they do. Yeah. It, uh, it was a packed house, too. 17,000. I think they nearly sold it out if they didn't sell it out all the way. It's crazy because they had SmackDown the night before that did 15,000. So they put 30,000 people in Chicago. Coming off AEW having a show on Wednesday of 5,000 people. Like, I, how much do people in Chicago make, Micah? I don't know. They get 8 million wrestling shows a year, though. They always get all out. AEW goes there. At least like three or four times a year, which I might stop now with Punk not there, but <laughs> I don't know, man. They get all the good shows too. It pisses me off. Brother, are they all wealthy doctors in Chicago? How are they afford these tickets? Have you seen the prices of these tickets? Yeah. I mean, shoot, we're looking at the Royal Rumble tickets. Look at them. <laughs> but yeah, it was a packed house. It was a cool visual. That's uh, what I got for my first scoop. You, you want me to just hit you, hit you with a double-decker real quick? Yeah, let's go ahead and go with it. All right, this is like skipping later on into the match, which we did see some skipping in the match, but mm. I digress. Uh, Charlotte hit the unspoken rule, Micah. You know what she did when she went up top to the, to the steel cage and did that moonsault? Did, did you see what she did? I don't think I caught it. She looked back. Oh, God. What a a concept. Looking back. (laughs) What? We do that? Is that that against the rules? Oh, come on now. You know they're just going to be there waiting to catch you. What's the point (laughs) in making it look real at all? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I I enjoyed the the little details. You look back. Thank God. 
It still was kind of phony that they waited on her anyway, but. Well, but, we'll I mean, right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> I give it a nod because just because she actually did look back and I mean we got a spot in this match where somebody literally could not have seen the people. Mm. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. You wanna hit me one of your scoops or slams or what you got? Uh well if that's all your scoops, I'll go ahead and hit you with mine. Well, um, I got a couple more. I just didn't want to hit them all in one go, Micah. Well, all right. I got two real quick. I'll hop in. I thought the backflip or it would have been a moonsault if it landed on somebody that Bianca did while they had her braids was nice. Just a cool way to get out of a, you know, a situation. And Bianca's probably the most athletic women's wrestler right now. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's good to show that off when she can. Other than that, uh, I thought it picked up towards the end. You know, that's typically a trend with these war games once everybody gets in there. Yeah. The beginning was a little rough. There were some spots that, you know, there were some bobbles, um, obviously running into each other, waiting for a spot, stuff like that. Towards the end of the match, they did get me hooked into it, and I thought most of it was, was pretty smooth. And I thought the right people won. I think it was uh, pretty telling that Bailey was breaking up all the pinfalls, and they never broke up any of when Bailey was getting pinned. None, yeah. none of the other members of Damage Control tried to help her. That was a good spot too, because I think they're going to get Bailey to turn babyface eventually, and even that. That was kind of a baby face spot. Like, you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. in the eyes of the fans, you can kind of perceive her as, like, somebody who's just resilient and, like, will not die. Somebody had a a meme of LeBron James. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it had Bailey's um, face over LeBron, and it said, no help. And it just has <laughs> uh, LeBron James 2018. Uh, Jersey, you know, he was carrying the calves. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know you were heated about that back in the day. <laughs> oh, man, I was in Suffolk back then. I did enjoy the little assisted elbow drop EO had. I forget who uh, – was it EO that assisted Kyrie on that little elbow drop thing? You know what I'm talking about? Mm, you see that? I don't remember, remember what you're talking about, which I, I actually watched this on Saturday, whereas everything else I watched a couple days later. Well, do you remember how Kevin Owens had the pop-up powerbomb? Yes. Okay, so EO basically did that to Kyrie, and then she did the little elbow drop that she does. And the elbow drop she does is picture perfect. That was probably one of the only things she did good in this match, because she was really, really not good in this match, Mike. Mm. I thought Shop Steve was going to be the weak link, but... Kyrie saying, maybe she's rusty. I'll give it time. But this was not good. She was not good in this match. Yeah, that was one of my slams. Uh, I This is the first time I've ever seen her. And I know that typically <laughs> these matches with first eight time. different people and cages well i think i saw her match with mercedes but other than that um it's not 
Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying not to be too harsh, but don't sugarcoat it. Go ahead. Two, she she just seems like happy go lucky constantly. Like there was a lot of spots she was like smiling in the middle of. I want to say Cole like remarked on it, or maybe Corey. He was like the sadistic nature of damage control. They're just smiling through most of these spots, and I was like. I don't think that's I don't think that's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And she did a little skip to the ring. Yeah. Not for me, brother. <laughs> I don't know, man. If your partner's getting beat down and you just doing that little skip, I wouldn't be too happy with you if you when you got to the ring. No, that that's I texted you. I said, if I was in a fight and you skipped to the fight, I'm just joining the other team. <laughs> Hey, you know what? EO jumping off the cage with a trash can. Why was that not the finish? I mean, well, uh, it's kind of. I don't think that should be the finish. Shouldn't the best spot in the match be the finish? I don't know. I mean, yeah, that kind of goes into the main event a little bit, but. I don't know. I think that's not a finishing move that I can buy. Okay, so if Jeff Hardy was in a match, Micah, and he jumped off a 25-foot ladder and, like, uh, you know, a falls count anywhere match, and he and he hits it, would you assume that's going to be the end of the match? I mean, sure, but how many times? I mean, there was lots of times Jeff would do that <laughs> and then roll him back in the ring, and it wasn't the finish. Well, that's beside the point. Point is, I don't know, man. It just <laughs> seems like it's such a big move that you should, if you're going to do it, do it for the finish. See, that was one of my slams as well. It was interesting to watch. Like, I actually thought it was, it was kind of funny just because her legs were sticking out of the trash can and that was all you could see. But <laughs> it, it's just kind of preposterous. I mean, she's standing up there on the top. You're watching her jump onto you. She doesn't know if they moved or not. So at the end of the day, she's just... Jumping yeah. blindly. I mean, she could have face planted. What if, uh, I, if if they all would have moved? That would have. I would have enjoyed that a lot more. <laughs> just, I think that would have been better. <laughs> yeah, this is her second time doing that too. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen it. It's really the first time. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say it's the first time I've ever watched her, but I might have only seen like ten of her matches. But I don't. She's actually pretty good to me, and I think Oscar's yeah. okay. Kyrie, uh, I don't know. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. Yeah. The other two slams I had, one we already hit on was the my friends are being pummeled. Nah, I'm gonna skip to the ring, and yeah. uh, just. Lots of running into the spots blind, turning around with like deer slips. in the headlights looking for, you know, where I'm supposed to be. I don't know if you saw this because you said you watched this on Saturday, but I made note of it. Charlotte was like doing her chops, you know, the flare chops. Mm-hmm. Well, Kyrie anticipated it before it happened and she fell down. Yes, and, like, I remember that. Oh, my. It did not look good at all. And the commentators had to cover have to up. like pick her up or something. Yeah, commentators had to cover up for it. Too. Like, oh my gosh, she's 
she she was so thrown off by the chopper. Some st- I don't know, man. It, it didn't look good. Sometimes I wish they just wouldn't say anything at all. Didn't get all of it. Didn't get all exactly. Oh, I don't think he got all of it that time. Like, <laughs> well, look good to me. <laughs> just leave it alone, partner. <laughs> but overall, um, you know, I thought it was, it was all right. right. Yeah, it was all right. I do wish they had done just a regular Survivor Series match because it's the same way with the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. When you do it all night, it loses its appeal. But when you do it just once, once a year, it has a, I don't know, uh, you want to see it. Maybe if one of them didn't use weapons, like both of them use weapons, and that probably kind of took away from a lot of the 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 men's stuff that we had later on yeah or even if like the men got color and the women didn't or you know vice versa whatever i think think that might add an edge i think eo did bleed oh i didn't see it if she did but again this was a week ago almost that i watched it and (laughs) and i was coming off that adrenaline high of the alabama game so they didn't show it but the mat had some like blood splatters on it Mm. i know she got a freaking nice dent in her forehead from charlotte's boot doing that moonsault she like collapsed onto eo basically out of that whole pile of people i mean how could you not yeah somebody's getting the brunt of it (laughs) but all in all it was it was fine it still sowing the seeds for a damage control breakup yeah Following that, for the Intercontinental Championship, the ring general, Gunter, versus the... Is he the... Now, he hasn't had the most reigns. Is he... He's got some kind of appeal with the Intercontinental title. He brought it <laughs> back me to out. prestige. He brought it back to prestige, Micah. Yeah, there we go. I wasn't watching during that time. He's the eight-time Intercontinental Champion. There we go. He's one off Jericho. Jericho's nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So, for Gunther and Miz, um, I had two scoops, one slam, and just some overall thoughts. The figure four around the post I thought was nice. It's not a spot you see a lot of anymore, but to me it's always welcome as long as they don't overdo it because it makes me think of, you know, it's an old Bret Hart spot, which ended up being one of the things that ended his career. He was channeling a lot of Bret Hart in his match. Did you see that little, uh, when Gunther had him in the sleeper hold and Miz kicked off the turnbuckle and turned into a pinning combination? Oh, you know, I I remember that happening, but I didn't put two and two together on that. Yeah. Miz a, a Bret Hart supporter. Him oh. and CM Punk gonna get along, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Two Bret Hart merchants, huh? Okay, all right. I'm listening. Uh, the second scoop I had, I thought there was a really good false finish once The Miz did the uh, nut shot. I like the fact that he what, he was the baby face in this match, just in like role alone, but he still has those heel tendencies because, I mean, at this point, Miz has pretty much been a lifetime heel. He's had a couple baby face runs, but to me, he's like Jericho. Even if he is baby face, he's still... The Miz. Yeah. Like, The Miz is going to cheat. 
he's underrated when it comes to babyface, just because he's been so good as a heel. But he had some good stuff when him and Shane were uh, feuding. Uh, I believe that was WrestleMania 35. They had a little match, but they they did some good stuff in their feud. And, you know, Miz is always going to be my guy. I thought he really impressed right here. It, maybe the match shouldn't have went as long as it did just because Miz hasn't won a match since 2016. But I still enjoyed the match overall. I mean, it didn't bother me, honestly. It was only 12 minutes. It like He lost to Snoop Dogg, Micah, in 30 seconds. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I see your point. To me, I'm like, well, he is an eight-time Intercontinental Champion. He's a former world champion. Some guys right. can lose a okay. lot and still somewhat mean something. Fine, fine, fine. I'll let it slide because I do love Miz. I did like him using the little low blow thing. Into the and then he uh he uh did like Irish whip to Gunther into the exposed turnbuckle. Like yeah, you said, I know out. Miz is still a heel at heart, but he was playing babyface, and the crowd was really behind him here. And he pulled out surprisingly, exactly, yeah. And he pulled out some. Whenever he's babyface, he'll pull out a move that he never uses as a heel, which I I really enjoy that. I don't need Miz doing satellite DDTs as a as a heel or him doing planchas as a heel. He saves it for when he's a babyface. Saves it for the crowd, for the for the cheers of the crowd. That's where it's supposed to be. And he does that when he's baby, babyface. So I enjoyed that. That's a good point. I think, I mean, honestly, you know, I kind of ragged on you for the first while that we were friends about your allegiance to the Miz, but <laughs> He's got some good work and like people online hate him, whatever. But there's little things that the Miz does that actually like I have to give him props for and just like that. I think a lot of guys could get some uh mileage out of that, taking moves away when they're a heel. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want cheers from the crowd by doing flashy moves. Forget the crowd. I'm gonna win this match. And that's what Miz is old school like that. That's a good point. I didn't pick that up. That's, that's good analysis. And I did like how they used the lion tamer at the end. Did you see that, Micah? Mm-hmm. Gunther put Miz in like a, a regular Boston crab, and he locked in, put the knee into the back for old school lion tamer to 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 extinguish the fire in Miz. And to make sure he won't be equal in Jericho's nine-time Intercontinental title reign tonight, he put him in the Lion Tamer. Perfect. Great. Love it. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I thought, I mean, it wasn't going to blow you out of the water, but it was a good match to have on a pay-per-view that's not going to insult anybody. And, uh, I mean, I... to me, it was the right length. I understand what you were saying about, you know, Miz has gotten beaten like a drum recently, but it didn't overstay its welcome. That's sometimes my complaint with AEW is when we have 25-minute matches all over the pay-per-view. Sometimes I just want a less than 10-minute match, a less than 15-minute match. But, no, everybody's got to be out there for 25 minutes, and we got 80 people on the card. Yeah, they have matches for star ratings and not the match they should be having for the for the show overall. 
Yeah. The only uh, slam, and I say slam, it's really more of a nitpick. The only thing I didn't like was I wish that he would have struggled just a little bit longer in the Lion Tamer, but when you do add in the fact that he's been beating like a drum, that kind of makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, man, Gunther, he's... He's uh he might be he might be my wrestler of the year, Micah. I don't know. He's in the conversation, like one hundred percent, because I was already thinking that. Yeah. I mean, I think I have my guy, but he's not doing himself any favors here at the end of the year. That's all I'll say. Uh well we'll see at the second annual Scoopies, but I'm I, I don't know. Just look out for Gunther. He might he might surprise a lot of people on my wrestler of the year. Going to be a good show, regardless. The Scoopies are. Um, oh, did you have any slams? Very prestigious. I have no slams. Oh, well, look at you. All right. Following this was Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee, which was supposed to be Carlito. Um, have you <laughs> heard anything? I know sometimes you scour the sheets a little more than me. Do you know why Carlito wasn't on the card? It was storyline injury, but I just think they wanted to to highlight Dragon Lee on a pay per view or PLE. Excuse me, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, there there is no reason. <laughs> I was looking right. forward to seeing Carlito. I did too. A lot of people seem to be kind of out on him on Twitter, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not sick of Carlito yet. I mean, he hadn't done anything to set the world on fire, but he hasn't had a long match yet either. Exactly. I don't feel like he's gotten the opportunity, but the people oh. were behind Dragon Lee, so I, I mean, maybe the uh, maybe the change up was for the best. But uh, for scoops for Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee, what you got? Yeah, there was a crazy powerbomb recovery that uh, was it Dragon Lee that did it? I think it was yeah. Santos. Was it Dragon Lee? Yeah, it was because they got a big pop. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that was that was that was really really nice. And Santos was being a really great heel here. He was getting actual legit heel heat from the crowd. Getting actual boos, Micah. Remember when we went to that show in New Orleans and he was getting tepid reactions? Yeah. I think we just found the the key, Micah. We found the solution. All you have to do to be a great heel is to turn on Rey Mysterio. (laughs) It's simple. I mean, we got Batista, Santos, Rey, Rey, Dom. Yeah. Poor Rey can't have any No, he gets turned on more than Sting. You got a good point. Yeah. Um, I did think that that deadlift power bomb was nice, though. I thought Dragon Lee actually looked pretty good. I'm not saying yeah. he's gonna be the next like Ray. You know, they're always looking for a Ray replacement, but I think he's done well with the time that he's given, and he he's gotten good reactions. The people on uh online seem to actually like care about what he's doing too. So that's always a nod, especially if you're in WWE. Yeah, I can see him being a mid-carder. I see champion, U.S. champion. I can see him being that. Yeah. I don't. I mean, 
of course, with the luchadors, there's always the language barrier that it's hard for them to get by, but I don't know. I mean, maybe he can get some character work at the PC. I, I think he's fairly young. Yeah, he's mid-20s. He's not old. Isn't that like Roosh's brother or Bandito's brother or one of those luchadors that, <laughs> that's on TV for AEW? I don't know. Um, he is, I think it is Roosh. Is it Roosh? Yeah, it's Roosh, his brother. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he's got the pedigree. Well, uh, the other two scoops I had, um, to, just real short, I thought the inside to the outside Hurricane Rana was nice. And yeah. I thought the super kick from Santos that Dragon Lee kind of like turned around and ran into was really nice. He sold it like a million bucks, Dragon Lee did. So, I don't know. Plus, the angle they shot it from was really cool because it was kind of like almost down the barrel. Like, the way Santos was, he was kind of further than the camera was. I don't. It was just a cool visual, and Dragon Lee, I mean, it looked like he got hit by a truck. Yeah, good little, good little short AEW type match to kind of perk up the crowd. I I, I thought it was a really decent match. And one more, it didn't thing, go like, too long. It didn't go too long. It didn't overstay its welcome. The and can you believe a Canadian destroyer? A Canadian destroyer is what I was <laughs> gonna say. Ended a match in 2023. I was very shocked. <laughs> I didn't write it down, but I was thinking it would happen. I was like, holy crap. It's a transition right. move, brother. Whoa, I thought people got up after that. Hit it three more times. Should have hit it to the outside. Oh, off, tur- off the top turnbuckle? <laughs> no, no, that's only two still. Oh, yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> um, did you have any slams for this one? Or were you done with My- your scoops? Micah, just two matches in a row. I have no slams. Well, look at you. Again, I got a real uh, small one. Nothing. Okay. It's The only thing was I would have liked this to be just a touch longer. Maybe like two more minutes. This is about an eight-minute match I think it has on Wikipedia. If it hit 10, I think that that would have been nice. Um, and the only other thing, again, not something that I can knock them for. Uh, I remember when, I want to say it was Super Brawl, but, like, they had the cruiserweights in WCW. They would use the other ring to, like, do oh, moves. Oh, yeah. I yeah. thought that would have been cool. That's why I wish it was a little bit longer, so they could have done some of that. Um, they they don't do that in W. When, whenever they have War Games event and have two rings set up, they always keep it strictly to one ring in the regular matches. They and never I get that. But I don't. You the other one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figure it's something. It's probably something to do with the camera, but hard cam. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it, and I, that's what I'm saying. Like I can't knock them for that. It's not necessarily a slam, but it's just something more of I would have liked to have seen. Boy, Michael, people gonna think we getting paid out by WWE now. We getting the hottest NXT prospect on our show. We're not saying anything negative about the pay-per-view or the PLE. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Nick. But, yep. uh, sorry. We know you're paying. <laughs> people are going to think we're getting paid out now, man. 
Look, top to bottom, <laughs> not a bad, like, just a very digestible pay-per-view. I was going to say, before the Punk thing, yeah, it would have just been like, ah, oh, that was a solid pay-per-view, but nothing crazy. But with the Punk debut, it's it's up there for probably their best of the year. WrestleMania Night 1. Uh, backlash and this is my yeah. top three, and I I like that it was just two hours and forty five minutes. I like that. Let's please keep those PLEs like that. I don't need three and a half hours, four hours for a PLE. Yeah, and realistically, I mean, this was a five match card. You could make this seven matches with the amount of time that they had, and. Because you've got two 35-minute matches. Cut one of those down to 20. You can add another 10-minute match. Cut the other two to 15-minute matches and add a little bit onto the Dragon Lee. Now you got a seven-match card, and we're still talking about three hours. Some can get more time than others. Some can be, you know, short. But that's, like, let's compare real quick, because we got the time, because we're kind of moving through this pay-per-view. I'm going to go from AEW's last pay-per-view, which was full gear, and let's just run down some of the uh, match times and compare it to Survivor oh Series. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so, the first match was, and this is not including the pre-show, the Sting, Darby Allen, uh, Edge versus the Patriarchy, 15 minutes. Okay, sure. Cassidy defeated Moxley, 12 minutes. Okay, sure. Tony Storm versus Akaru Shida, 10 minutes. Okay. The four-way tag team ladder match, 20 minutes. Swerve and Hangman, 30 minutes. Omega and Jericho versus the Bucks, 20 minutes. MJF and Cole, or MJF versus Jay White, 30 minutes. Like, they have a couple short matches, but then they have these just slogs. Sometimes it's needed. Not all the time. Not even counting the pre-show, which was two hours, and I think they had three matches. So when is too much wrestling too much wrestling, Micah? Like you like ice cream, right, Micah? Yeah. Now, do you eat an overabundance of ice cream when it's time for dessert, or do you just have like a little little bowl full? Just a little bit. You don't want to be too sick. Yeah, you don't eat twelve bowls of ice cream after you have dinner. Just oh, it's just uh, over overdone. They have matches that shouldn't be nearly as long as they are, and it bloats out the card. And they have to use everybody on the roster. With WWE, you don't see. Look how many guys we didn't have on the paper on the PLE. You had Roman wasn't there. I had LA Knight wasn't there. Solo wasn't there. Jimmy Uso wasn't. Kevin Owens. Yeah, they had a bunch of guys that. If they didn't have a story going into it, they're not going to have a match. They're not going to make something the 11th hour to put Kevin Owens <laughs> versus Grayson Waller on the on the card. That's not going to happen. And it shouldn't happen. Not everybody needs to be on the card. It's okay. There'll be plenty more PLEs or pay-per-views, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I agree. And, I mean, okay, so what this the AW one is a seven-match card. That's fine because I think Seven, five, six to five, seven, no. somewhere in that range. 
That is not fine when there's four multi-man matches. That's not fine. Well, that I that's mean, you over, got a point that's there. Overkill. That's overkill. But what I was going to say is, if you shrink the Swerve Hangman match to 20 minutes, if you shrink the Jericho Omega Bucks match to 15, cut the four-way ladder match to 15, now we're talking about, you've probably cut off a, an hour. I mean, I, that's just quick math. And then I'm sure there's a, Cassidy versus Moxley. We could probably just completely cut that out. Now we're talking about <laughs> a three-hour show. Much more digestible. And I get it, like, because my thought process was always, I'm paying $50, I'm getting more wrestling. But I can tell you from reviewing these shows, and yes, there is some stuff I like, and there's some that I'm not, or some stuff that I do like and some that I don't, it's much take, easier to digest the WWE pay-per-view. We got to take intermission trying to review those pay-per-views, man. Five hours long. I usually can watch a WWE pay-per-view in one day, one to two, maybe. Like, this pay-per-view, I watched the majority of it tonight at work, and then I watched the first match Saturday. Uh, the AEW pay-per-view, I will watch some of it Sunday, I will watch some of it Monday, I will watch some of it Tuesday, and it still just feels like forever. And I like AEW, but... Come on. <laughs> All spade well is spade. Well said. Come on. Just let's... Can we not have these six-hour-long paper pay-per-views? I mean, think about the people in the arena. They leave their house at, what, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock to get to the arena? <laughs> and they get there, and then they got to watch... Well, first they go to the concession stand, Micah. They they get some merch, maybe a little title belt they walk around with. Then they get to their seat around five, five thirty, and then they got to sit through two hours of wrestling. That and half those guys they never heard of, never seen, and don't really care about. And after that, we got a five hour long pay per view. Mm. So the show's over at eleven o'clock their time, and then. They don't get out the the parking lot till about midnight, and it's one o'clock in the morning. Micah, think of the fans. You went to one. I was done. <laughs> I at the match three. No, after the Punk MJF match, I was, it was over, man. My head was hurting. I was ready to go home. Yeah, I could tell you had a headache. <laughs> I had to deal with the emotional cowboy versus uh, Adam Cole. It, it just wasn't for me. Mm. Yeah, I I got thoughts on the emotional cowboy, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Following this was Zoe Stark versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, For this one, I got two scoops and no slams, but I think I opened the last match, so I'll let you go ahead and start this one. Oh, man. You know, we were being positive. Last couple matches is where it ends for me, Micah. I had nothing. Did you have anything? I didn't. Nothing really stuck out to me at all. Oh, uh, I had two. I mean, yeah, just real ahead. quick. <laughs> Most <laughs> importantly, it was 10 matches or 10 matches, 10 minutes. And that was a positive. Um, I'm not sure what to call that middle rope cannonball thing that Zoe did, but it looked cool. She just landed on Rhea's knees, so it didn't really 
do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the first match I've really seen of Zoe's. I thought she's athletic. I don't really know much about her character. I think there, there's something mm. there. She's just definitely green. Uh, but she hits hard, and her stuff looks real. Yeah. She was Trish's apprentice a couple months ago, remember? I mean, I remember that, but that don't mean I watched any of her matches. Nah, that, but that's that's really all she has is a gimmick. She, she was Trish's lackey for a little while. I mean, they really haven't given us anything on the weekly shows. Yeah. Nor, I don't honestly know how this match even got made. Uh, she won a number one contendership, Fatal Five Way, or something to that effect. Yeah, that and makes then sense. They had, they had a little face off right before the the PLE, but I just I didn't I wasn't buying it. I thought some of her stuff sounded you know recite like she was reciting a, a script or something. I don't know. It's gonna take some time for me. She's 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 fine in the ring. She's fine, but yeah, I mean that can only take you so far. Just getting just being fine in the ring. That's true. I I thought she was a performance center. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a performance center only wrestler. But apparently she's been wrestling since 2013. So. Yeah, that's news to me. Dang, she what? She's only 29, though. I mean, you know, that's not exactly that young. I mean, she started when she was 19. Yeah. I mean, we're interviewing Brooks Jensen. He's 22, so. Well, he's a prodigy. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's a, he's a prodigy. Did you talk about the big return, Micah? The return? Did you talk? Yeah, the big return. Did you not see that during the Ruffles oh, potato I saw yeah. it when it happened, but I think I skipped over it in my rewatch, so I forgot to write wow. it down. So you just no-sold it. No respect for the legend. That made his, his his return that everybody was asking for for the last year, Micah. People were chanting his name. People were writing the messages. People finally got it. The return of our truth. Now I know you were waiting on it, Micah. I know you were you were you were talking about it weeks up to the event. I know you were. And big fan. Yeah, I, of course. Everybody's a big fan of our truth. And he saved that Ruffles potato chip ad because that was that was not good. <laughs> no, it was very hokey. But I mean, honestly, as much as I do like Truth, isn't it kind of crazy that he still has a job here? Well, he's a funny guy. That's well, taking part. <laughs> you need guys like that around. You need guys like that around, Micah. I are we are we kidding ourselves here? This really should be maximum male model spot. Like they should have kept those guys around just for these type of ads. Hey, I wouldn't hate it. Put them with truth. Let truth be their spokesman. They're they're fired. I know, but I'm saying bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring, I, I agree. This should have been this should have been their spot right here. Because you know nothing, nothing beats the water ad. I was just about to say that nothing's gonna beat that, but. They uh, they would have fit right in with this Ruffles potato chip commercial. And what do you call it, Micah? You call it chips or do you call it crisp? Chips. 
Of course. I've never heard anybody call it crisps. Is that a UK thing? Is that a Brit I thing? I think it is. Oh, okay. Those British. Those British folks. Man, we got fans over there. Yeah, who'd they ever be? <laughs> oh, well, not us. Yeah, we're on the feed. <laughs> um, the only other thing I had for this match, just real quick, we'll move on to the main event. Um, Rhea is 100% the best women's worker in the business. And oh, yeah. Overall, hard-hitting, solid, short matchup. She sails really well, too. Yeah. She just... Nothing ever looks like fake or like she's not trying to hit them. I mean, there's some women's wrestlers that just... Their stuff is too light. They don't really, like, put a punch... They pull they pull the punch back too much, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But Rhea's yeah. stuff looks good. She's a great... Uh, seller and just top to bottom the best worker right now to me between her and Bianca yeah and I don't think well I'm not gonna say it's not close but Rhea for being that young that is a great asset to have for WWE yeah I mean she could probably be she's probably gonna be like a Charlotte where they have her on top for the next 10 to 15 years I can see it too, because she's only what twenty five, twenty six, something like so she that. Still has, she has a lot of prime years left, especially when you look at uh, girls like Becky. She's thirty five or something to that effect, maybe thirty six. Charlotte's what thirty seven, thirty six. So theoretically, Rhea could be on top for another ten years, like you said. Did you and watch they, the? Well, I'll let you finish real quick. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Did you watch the press conference? Uh yeah, I did I did watch it, yeah. Did you see that poor poor soul? <laughs> oh, they they asked about Charlotte and Becky being old or something. Yes, <laughs> he and he walk it back. <laughs> he could not get it right. I felt bad for him, but he kept trying to be like, Well, uh obviously you're not in your heyday, and they're like, Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> they were giving him hell, man. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy, but it was so funny watching it. Oh, man. I, yeah, it was hilarious. Bless his heart. <laughs> Hopefully, if we ever get in the room, it won't be like that for us. I like their press conference. It didn't go that long. It went like 15 minutes. Yeah. I wish they would have punk there, but I guess we can't have them on press scrums anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny, wouldn't it? If, the, oh, if he was the first person to roll out there, too. <laughs> Mindy's Bakery just catering the event. Hey guys, uh, y'all seen these muffins before? They're pretty good. <laughs> well, speaking of, we've arrived at the main event: World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, main event Jay Uso, and none other than the returning Randy Orton versus Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Uh, I got. Four scoops. So for this one, I don't think I'm gonna hit you with all of them. We'll probably just ping pong back and forth. Um, nah, just go ahead. Just go ahead. No, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Never mind. Envy all your scoops. All right. Uh, I like. I'm really behind Sammy. I oh, before now, finally. I've never bought him fully, but I like that he was the inventive babyface. That was able to get in the ring without getting ambushed, unlike everybody else. And I, he's just got this Mick Foley appeal. 
He's not yeah. the most cut guy. Like honestly, he's not. He's not fat, or he's not like skinny. He just isn't very toned. He's not chiseled jaw, really. You know, just great looking or anything like that. But you love him because of that. He's the everyday person. You could see a Sami Zayn. Yeah, you could see a Sami Zayn in Walmart. And that's why people gravitate towards him. Uh, I think he's one yeah. of the best on the mic that they have right now. And I really am behind Sammy as a major baby face on Raw. Yeah, he's one he's been the best baby face they've had in the company since he came into the company back in twenty thirteen, honestly, Micah. Like his uh saga in NXT chasing the NXT title. That was some great stuff. Uh, his rivalry with Kevin Owens in NXT, great stuff. He's been, he was underutilized for a long time. And when he turned heel, it seemed like it finally started to click with the office that this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. And now he's back babyface and they're treating him like a, a, a priority, which is what he always should have been, honestly. But yeah, man, you uh, who who hates Sami Zayn? Nobody hates Sami Zayn. Yeah, and honestly, this is the first that I've really, like, gotten to see his work. Um, I mean, I saw some of his matches in Ring of Honor and most of his WWE run. I've been, you know, not paying attention to WWE, but I'm really behind him now. Uh, other than that, great babyface ring clearing by Cody when he came in, and the bull oh, yeah. rope spot I thought was really nice. Inventive. Pokiness can be overlooked. <laughs> okay. So Seth Rollins, he's uh, getting a pass now. No, 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 not him. <laughs> okay. All There's right. a caveat. Okay. When it's a cool moment. And the RKO to JD McDonough as he was thrown off the top of the cage, I thought I that like was pretty cool. You're like Gid, man. <laughs> he's Randy got a weird build. Up. He got a huge head and a tiny body. And Randy Orton was jacked up like he's been hanging around. Well, you say it's, you say he was hanging around uh, Scott Steiner or something? Yeah. <laughs> he's bringing okay, his lunch to work. <laughs> he's hanging out with Billy Gunn and Jordan Grace and all those other people. But, yeah, man, <laughs> and you got a little old J.D. McDonough getting thrown off the cage into Randy Orton. Did it was see- hokey. Oh, well, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. My bad. No, you're good. I always feel like I step on your toes. Um, Did you see the render of him from WWE All-Stars? Do you remember that game where they were all, like, super yoked? Yeah, I love that game. Okay, did you see the render of that compared to him in real (laughs) life? Because it's not far (laughs) off. (laughs) No, I didn't see it. He is hey. jacked to the gills right now. Yeah, he, he had a lot of time to work out. He's been gone 18 months. I like they didn't abandon the whole Jey Uso injured him either. Yeah, that, that was a cool spot. That. Yeah, because, you know, I don't want to I don't want dog Vince or nothing, but it seemed like towards the end there that he would just abandon long term storytelling. And it's good to see Triple H is not doing that. He's actually mentioning stuff that happened in the past and not just forgetting about it. 
Like we got memories of a goldfish or something. Yeah, and especially when Cole brings it up too, because like I, it honestly had not crossed my mind. But then when Cole brings it up, and then they have that moment, it's like you're immediately thrown right back into it. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. it yeah. adds another layer onto the match. Yeah. Are you you digging Smarky Cole? I mean, he brought up Asuka, EO, and Kyrie's group name in Japan that I forget. And then he shouted out, oh, El Generico in this match, Micah. I did hear you that. Liking... <laughs> you liking Smarky Cole? Uh, I don't hate it. I think it's useful in some <laughs> moments. You think he was watching ROH in 2012? Come on now. No. <laughs> Get out of here. They <laughs> work him like a dog. Yeah. I'm sure I'd like to see what Michael Cole's W2 shows every year. I I couldn't believe it when they said it, but it was a few weeks ago. It was on Raw or something. Seth brought up that he has only missed two shows in his whole entire time in the company. Oh my like he's god. Only had two, he's only had two sick days his entire time with the company. He's been in the company since 97, Micah? So 26 years? And for a good portion in the 2010s, he was doing double duty. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, we like to say JR is the voice of WWE, but when you really think about it, it might be Michael Cole. He might, I mean, he's been around for so long. How can you not put him as number one? I don't know. JR is more classic. To me, JR is the greatest of all time, but especially the further we get, I mean, JR was only there from what, 90. Six to twenty ten. I thought he came in ninety four because he came in around WrestleMania nine. Maybe, but I don't think he started like actually commentating because in my watch through of ninety six, he wasn't at the table yet. It was Vince and Jr. until like the summer. I believe he got fired, but then he came back shortly after. He did Smoky Mountain, too, in the mid-90s. Oh. Well, maybe so then. Maybe I'm, uh, let's see. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why I'm doubting you. You're the historian. Um, well, I'm okay, even if we go back to, what, 90? This says 93, so that would be 2010. That's about... I'm not good at math. What, 17 years? Yeah. Cole's been doing it since 97. When did he get to the table? Was that 97? Because he was just a backstage interviewer, right? Yeah, but then around 98, he started doing Raw. When uh, when JR got Bell's palsy and had to go away for a little while. Or had like a stroke or something like that. I mean, we're getting close to that territory. If Cole goes for another five or ten years, yeah, probably. It's crazy to think that he was in the Attitude Era, too, (laughs) with all those guys. Yeah, that don't feel right. No, it doesn't at all. It feels like he popped up in the middle of the Ruthless Aggression Era, but he started in the Attitude Era. Yeah, because in my mind, like, Attitude Era is 
JR and King, and Cole comes in like Eddie Guerrero, Brock Lesnar, uh, yeah. SmackDown. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, the case could be made. The only other thing I had, it is a scoop, but it does tie into a slam, and then I will let you get on with your uh, scoops, because I'm sure you've got probably more than me, honestly. Randy coming back is great. Don't get me wrong. But, (laughs) yep, you already knew what I was getting to. Go ahead. ahead. It's too hokey. I like the... I like the cash-in gimmick. I thought that was great for this. That would have been fine. But you mean to tell me Rhea didn't see Randy Orton right there in his uh, ring gear? Same with the fact that, oh, we don't know if Randy's going to show up. And then he comes out in his ring gear. You know, He got got dressed in the car, Micah. (laughs) Oh, so he just ran through the arena in his underwear, basically. Well, he was he was in the bus with CM Punk. They were both getting ready together. Oh yeah. See yeah. now that one I actually do slightly <laughs> like I can see that because Punk was in his like street clothes, and they actually said that that was kind of what happened. That he showed up like five <laughs> minutes before he went out. But you said you saying Punk? You saying Punk drove him to the arena? <laughs> hey, they might have. <laughs> The traffic is bad in Chicago. If it was RVD and Randy Orton, I would definitely say they would have been riding together. But Punk, uh, a little more oh, straight oh, edge. Jelly Roll would be there, too. He'd probably be in the backseat. <laughs> well, did you see what Orton did to him on Raw? I did. <laughs> <laughs> him and it, That goes in the Hall of Fame of the Roman moment where he points the guy out and he's like, I, I see that it's you. That was, that was hilarious when Roman did that. <laughs> That's such a great clip. Uh, but that was all my scoops. I'll get to my slams in a minute, but I'll let you go ahead. No, I, you know, I didn't write anything down for this match either. Like, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Randy came out looking jacked. So it's good to see that he didn't just totally give up like the guys on the other channel. Adam Cole looks like a, you know, like Adam Cole. But Randy Orton, he comes out, looks like a a, a man, like a, had a tan and everything. You saw that? Uh, eat your heart out, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> and uh, I did I did enjoy when uh, Dom came in towards the end, and he started beating up everybody, and then they surrounded him, and they just all start jumping Dom. That got a monster reaction. I I, I did enjoy that too. That was a good spot, except one of my slams was Dom's punches when he was doing those flurries at the beginning were yeah. so bad. They were so fake. Were they even punches? It was like he threw them through forearms. Uh, yeah, he was kind of slapping them with like a balled up fist, like the front of it. it uh, yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah. He's by far not the worker that his father was, but I mean, you can make a lifetime off of character work. Yeah. Why did um when did you watch this match, Micah? Maybe it's fresh uh, in my mind. About four hours ago. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So why did Priest why did Damian Priest stop Drew McIntyre from entering before him? Like he said, stick to the plan. What was the plan there? Um, would they have changed anything if he would have came out before Damian Priest? 
I didn't honestly apply too much thought to it. Maybe maybe he wanted more of an advantage okay. on Seth. I don't right. know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. Um Yeah, man, it, it was a it was a great match overall. I enjoyed it. Thought um Randy came out like a house of fire. Really uh changed the complexion of the match. They didn't stay too long. They did what they had to do. And yeah, man, I mean, it was a match with no stakes. It was a War Games match. It was, I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, nothing to write home about. Not going to make anybody's best of list, but I mean, a good pay-per-view ending, as you said, didn't go on for another 25 minutes after everybody was in the cage. Um, overall, a pretty solid show. Baby faces in the ring, holding each other's hands up in the air. Yeah, standing tall. Throw up the trademark logo, zoom out, and TV static. Hmm. And the roof on, I don't know what the name of this building was. All, All State Arena. Blew off. The return of the prodigal son. Hell has frozen over, as he would go on to say. I never oh, I never thought I would see the day. Cult of personality rings through the arena. The people go ballistic. And sure enough, CM Punk has returned to WWE under all of the reporters that said no, it wasn't going to happen. Under all the... <laughs> You know, fall to raw around his AEW run, whatever. I'm I'm gonna go on record and say we said that it was gonna happen about a month or two ago that Punk was gonna be there, and we just had a feeling. And sure enough, look at who was right. We've been dead on with almost every prediction, and all those jabroni marks that crap on people for having hope and saying that he might come out in Survivor Series. I hope you guys are eating a big. Bowl of crow. Hmm. Bro, because, I mean, you couldn't bring it up online without somebody, oh, he's not showing up, idiot. Randy's showing up. How about you have some faith? How about you have some faith in old Triple H? He's going to do the right thing. He did the right thing. He got the biggest free agent possible. I mean, and, I mean, who, who could have predicted this, right, Micah? Who could have predicted CM Punk was going to come back? Oh, just the guy that's going to play podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it feels good to be right. It does. It does. We got to take our, our victory lap. We, we're going to be like the yeah. the young bucks on that collision show when they took that victory lap. Nikki and Maddie. <laughs> you think they were doing a victory lap in front of the half-empty building they had on Saturday night? Or were they even there? I don't know. Uh, they probably weren't on the show. I know I saw a picture of the dynamite seats the other day. It didn't look good. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, there he didn't really do anything. He just kind of walked around for a couple minutes. But, he didn't need to. Yeah, set the world on fire just by coming out there. The commentators laid out absolutely as they should have. Perfect. People got worked by Seth, thinking that Seth was actually mad. <laughs> like Michael Cole was gonna hold back Seth Rollins. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> um. That- 
I, I couldn't have wrote it better myself. Yeah. Randy and him shared a little moment. You see that? Yeah. Wave back and forth. Yeah. Meanwhile, Seth yeah. was fighting mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Triple H, he does this very more often than you think, Micah, where he rolls the credits and then a post credit scene pops up, basically. Because he did this in NXT quite a bit. I remember when Adam Cole first showed up. It was at TakeOver Brooklyn 2 or 3 or whatever. Which, whichever one main evented with Drew McIntyre versus uh, Bobby Roode. And the post-credit thing showed up, the little trademark logo. And then Adam Cole came out out of nowhere and shocked the world. That was before everybody realized what he truly is, Micah. But... Yeah, people were excited about that. And then uh, one of the UK NXT shows, they had the little trademark logo up. And uh, what, what was his name? Dang, the, bra- the Brawling Brute. Yeah, Walter, but the Brawling Brute guy. What, what's his name? Uh, Pete Dunn. Pete, Pete Dunn, yeah. He was the champ at the time. And then Walter confronted him at the end of the show. And he did that with uh, another time in NXT when Champa turned on Gargano. Like, so Triple H does this fake out thing a lot. And did he do this with Bray too last year? Uh, I they don't remember. Thing. It was at the end of the show. They had a little trademark thing when Riddle and Daniel Cormier were were celebrating at the end of the, of the stage. And then the trademark thing held up and then the lights went out and Bray came back. So this is a Triple H special right here. And I think it was great because everybody was ready to send their tweet that, oh, look at y'all, you idiots. Y'all actually believe CM Punk was going to go back to WWE. And then (laughs) the absolute last second. The madness that that brought. It was the biggest moment of this year. And we've had a lot of big moments this year. Some involving Punk. Some involving Punk. You can say whatever you want about Punk. He 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 draws clicks, man. He's paying a lot of these dirt sheet writers bills because most of their content nowadays just CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, aside from Roman, they do. I mean, we were talking about earlier before the show, just the whole thing. Now, I mean, now Punk's there, but now articles are coming out about his AEW time because. Crap, Punk's actually somewhere, so we still gotta have something to write about him. Uh, okay, somebody, somebody, tell me if somebody was mad at Raw. Um, somebody tell <laughs> me if he's doing his own promos. Like it's always something, and Punk knows that. He plays into it, but aside from Roman, maybe Cody. Where does Punk rank right now in terms of top draws? Oh man, it's up there. Uh, Raw did uh what 1.2 1.3 last week and they were up almost 600,000 which is crazy to think about but a plus 600,000 is not too shabby so uh, he's I think he's if Roman's 1A and Cody's 1B then uh, would CM Punk be 1C he might that be. that thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're rhyming now, Micah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I didn't, I, that wasn't even planned. Um, okay. 
I mean, you got to think about it like this, too. The Rock showing up on SmackDown, Punk eclipsed that. He has the most liked and viewed post for AW and WWE. What? Is that right? On Twitter, yep. Wow. That is insane to think about. So True, true cult of personality that man is. Very much so. The song has never fit more for one individual. Uh, and I thought it was funny, too, after the show, because you texted me that day, because I was like, so what do you? what's your final feeling the day of? And you were like, I think it's happening. And you said, <laughs> it's a lightning in a bottle moment. WWE does not miss those. And sure I think enough, Triple H said that. He said yeah, that in the press conference. <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say. I got cracked up because in the press conference, he said it was a lightning in the bottle moment that we could not pass up. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody ought to pay us for our analysis, but. It might be, Mike. I don't know. Uh, but I... a crazy pay per view, a crazy weekend um something i honestly never thought i would see again in my life no not at all i thought it was funny too that samoa joe's little brother grabbed cm punk and just kept on saying chicago chicago samoa joe's little brother (laughs) bro you didn't see that fan that grabbed him i mean i've seen it but (laughs) samoa joe's little brother i know he looked like him man come on a little bit like younger Samoa Joe. <laughs> that, I told Hannah when it happened, I said that guy just made a core memory that he will never forget. Look like CM Punk was uncomfortable. Wow, he just grabbed him like that. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I think he hung on for a little bit too long. Yeah, he definitely did. CM Punk started giving him those little crazy eyes and just kind of snatched away from him. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> This doesn't work for me, brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, but crazy. It's crazy, man. Crazy that Jungle Boy is the <laughs> cause of all this. Thank you, Jungle Boy. That's the only time I'll ever say that. Luke Perry's son caused the best moment of the 2020s. I had a, a buddy send me a was it a tweet or something online? But he said it was like Luke Perry's son caused the most viral moment in like WWE history. And a buddy sent it to me and he was like, can you like break this down for me? Because I don't understand this. And so I had to tell him the whole lore. (laughs) It's a lot, man. It is. It's, It's crazy that the bridge that was supposedly never, ever going to get repaired got repaired because of Tony Khan and Luke Perry's son. He Time heals that, all wounds. And don't ever say <laughs> never in the wrestling business. Heck no. Because all the stuff he said over the last 10 years about WWE, all is forgiven. Let's Him or Brett. Him, Brett. I think Brett, yeah. Brett, Brett's might have been uh, like a little more burned, the bridge, I mean. Because, yeah. you know, man, because Owen passed under their watch and they stole his title. And, I mean, they 
basically screwed him over towards the end. You know, you never thought Brett would come back on live television and hug Shawn Michaels, but it happened. He worked the program with Vince McMahon. That should tell you that never say never in professional wrestling. Never say never. If there's money to be made, it's going to happen. Yep. And that's another point I want to say. I mean, WWE is hot, hotter right now than it has been probably in 20 years. I mean, think about this. That Survivor Series outsold WrestleMania 22. Man. So, Man. the business is hot, especially WWE's. And they just poured gasoline on the fire adding Randy Orton and CM Punk. They didn't need them. They were hot without them. But now, yeah. I mean, geez, what more What you more know, could you want? You know, Raw's ratings was going down, not a lot, but steadily during Monday night football season. This, this is the shot in the arm they kind of did need, in my opinion. A guy like CM Punk. Maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, Randy's still a big draw, but... You know, we're not the biggest Randy Orton fans on this podcast, but CM Punk changes the game. He is like, what does WrestleMania season look like now? Uh, there's a lot of speculation. It's going to be a fun one. It's a lot of possibilities. A lot and of it's possibilities. 40, too, so you know they're going to pull out all the stops. Uh, I am. Will we get the match, Micah, that we were <sighs> promised almost? Well, actually, we were promised a decade ago. Are we going to get Steve Austin versus CM Punk? Are we going to get that, Micah? Give me a prediction. I'm going to say yes. Wow. Solely because we've been right <laughs> almost everything. And if oh, I can man. will something into existence, yes. I'm calling it now Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 40. Wow. Okay. All right. I saw a few reports. It's not out the realm of possibility. We did see him wrestle last year. So yeah. what's one more match? I That's can a see great it. one to go out on. WrestleMania 40. I can see it, man. Now I'm going to need a bold for prediction from you on the, uh, the Scoopies. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get bold. We'll get bold. Uh, but overall, what is your grade for the Survivor Series pay-per-view? Uh, you know, I did enjoy this pay-per-view. Or uh, this PLE. I'm so sorry. So sorry, Nick. But, uh, I go 7.7. I thought it was my third favorite PLE they've done this year. Yeah, I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go 8. Okay. Nothing. Wow, you hired me. Well, I mean, first off, the punk thing, I will probably, I mean, I've probably already watched that ten times. Um, oh, I probably watched it like eight the night that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've watched it a hundred. Um, so, that alone, but it just, I mean, it was just a really easy to watch card, nothing crazy. Well, okay, you know what, I'll just match you. 7.8. Oh, okay. The direct deposit didn't hit yet, huh, Micah? Yeah, nah, not just take, yet. You had to take away a few points. <laughs> Slide me another zero there, Nick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I enjoyed it, man. It was good. 
Yeah, I mean, it just, it was very digestible. Sure, none of the matches are the greatest of the year, but the Punk moment alone is definitely worthy of a moment of the year nod. Uh, I'm yeah. really excited. If this is your first time listening, then I'm a huge Punk fan. And if you've been following us, then you obviously know that I'm a huge Punk fan. I do want to talk about Raw just quick second um because we're getting close to our end here uh the cody promo i just wanted to touch on this real quick i don't know that i'm feeling the shinsuke cody program i think cody can get a good match out of him but all the promos are really weird now since cody was still there the whole time because we thought it was about punk yeah it's but Micah, I mean, come on now. It's not gonna be on a PLE. It's just gonna be like a filler feud throughout the December month. They'll probably have a main event on Raw on New Year's Day. Cause I think they do have Raw on January first this year. So I maybe they'll build that up and that'll be the main event or something. But you know, as as far as a first time you know, interaction with these two, it wasn't it was I it wasn't nothing right home about. Yeah. I mean, I like the red mist and everything. I thought him attacking him was cool, but why'd he wait? <laughs> yeah. He's there, he's on the same show. And why now, I guess, is kind of it just not only why wait, why now right after the war games? And why why Cody, I guess? I mean, I hate to say that, but Shinsuke, to me, does not feel like a top-level guy right now. I know he just had the promo with promo program with Seth, but I does anybody buy Shinsuke as a top-level wrestler right now? A top-level performer? Top-level uh, uh, anything? Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, he has fans, but... I don't know. He just... He may be washed, Mike. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Washed. Yeah, he may be. Oh, you saying he definitely is washed? <laughs> <laughs> I think the jury's out on this one. Oh, Kyrie, man. we're not... We're not... We don't we're not have a ruling on that yet. We gotta bring in some more findings. But Shinsuke? Okay. Yeah. Well, who else they got as heels on Raw? Uh, it's a good point, Drew. I mean, yeah, but he's feuding with Jay, isn't he? Or Seth. Or Seth. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> I guess you got a point there. Maybe if Randy turns heel, they might uh, be a little too soon for that. Yeah, they might be a little too soon. They just brought him back. And honestly, I think Punk is gonna ride the line of both, but. Let's go ahead. Let's close it out. We'll talk about the Punk promo real quick. Very short. Uh, he got in the ring at like 9.55, uh, which apparently was not planned, but it's just the way that the time constraints fell. Um, people dog this online. There are 10 times worse promos, not of Punk's, but just of g- people in general. And if... If you didn't like this promo, then you were already looking to hate Punk 
in the first place. I understand um, that people wanted to say, oh, well, he's being fake, he's being disingenuous, yada yada. You said it best in the text you sent me. Punk made more money in WWE than he ever made before, and ultimately he made himself a household name in WWE. WWE is his home, truthfully. So yeah. whether you like it or not, because you think he's some anti-establishment person, sure, I get that that was his most popular gimmick, but that character doesn't happen night one on a return. Um, but I do feel like there's more legs in his off-mic off line that he said about he's not here to make friends, he's here to make money. And I feel like that is the character we're going to get. I see so many memes going around on like TikTok of people uh, putting that clip on there. Hey, not here, not here to make friends, here to make money. The man Which, gets I mean, clicks even when he's not trying to. He does, he does. Hey, you know what? People can call CM Punk a hypocrite. Okay, but it's the wrestling business. Everyone's a hypocrite. Yeah, everyone wants to make the most money. Like, are and, you not gonna sell? Are you are you not gonna sell out your morals for a multi million million dollar paycheck? Most wrestlers, they would, they would sell their own mother for ten million dollar paycheck. Yep. And I mean, at the end of the day, they're all carnies. All wrestlers are carny, and I don't say that in a bad way. That's just the nature of the business. They've always been that way. It's not gonna change. Yeah. So who cares? Most of them aren't brand loyal. Some of them just say that because they're on top in WWE or AEW. Yeah. And who cares if you're brand loyal? I I don't give a crap if you hate AEW, hate WWE. Most of the time, I don't care about the person you are outside of the screen. Like people get all pissy at Punk because apparently he's just a you know a douchebag backstage. I don't care. Put good production on the tv screen and i can look past a lot of what you are as a person <laughs> i hate yeah, to say that but it's a business we're not just having a boys and girls club meeting backstage this is we're here to make money yep. and you don't have to be the nicest person in the world to make money usually the worst people in the world make a lot of money actually that's very true and i mean people online just act like punk goes and kills puppies and yeah uh, they herald him in the same conversations as rick flair and hulk hogan like okay oh, yeah. he might be hard to deal with backstage but he's not so you know a sexual abuser or a child molester like there's also those in wrestling but oh god he he didn't like aw he's a villain and a tyrant. Uh, get over yourself, man. People, if you didn't like this promo, you're just not going to like the punk run and you're predestined to just not like punk and WWE because people hate on WWE because it's WWE and people hate on CM Punk because he's CM Punk. Because he couldn't play with the little trampoline cowboys on the other show. But my thing is, Micah, what do they want CM Punk to do? Did they really want him to go out there and ad address AEW? Like, I'm sure NDAs were signed. He's not going to do that. And WWE don't, they don't do that as it is. 
They've yep. mentioned AEW maybe a handful of times, only one time actually by name on WWE television. So why would they give any credence? They give any validity. They give any screen time to the lesser tier wrestling promotion. Why would they do that? They have nothing to gain from that. I mean, that's a good point. And if he had knocked AW, people would have been all pissed off about that too. So that's what I'm saying. Oh. There's no winning for CM Punk. He cannot win these people over. No, no, not at all. And I doubt any, I doubt CM Punk's going to mention AEW anytime soon. Maybe a couple years down the line when the NDAs are no longer enforceable. But yeah, if you are expecting him to trash AEW on a weekly basis on WWE television, then uh, yeah, you might want to stop watching because it ain't gonna happen. Well, overall, hell froze over as Bret Hart once said, and Punk reiterated tonight. And yeah. well, tonight, uh, this past Monday, and I'm sure he said it. You sure? I'm sure he said it tonight too. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But okay. overall, yeah. uh, a good show. I'm glad to see CM Punk on our TV in some form or fashion, regardless of what company it is. Um, and I still honestly can't believe it. Raw, to me, is much wa- must-watch TV, even if most of it is a slog to get through. Hey, bro, I ain't gonna lie, and we'll probably wrap it up after this. I watched the entire episode of Monday Night Raw. I have not done that in I don't know how long. Uh, I can't remember the last time I did either. It I probably wouldn't uh, I don't know. It's been it's been at least five years. Not gonna lie to you. Usually I watch it the day after and I skip a, through a couple stuff. No, I sat here and watched everything live. Yep. I, I was at work and I made sure to turn it on live. I think I only missed 30 minutes in between uh, like the Randy Orton match and some stuff that happened before that. But I came back in the Randy Orton match and watched the whole punk promo and everything up to about like nine o'clock I had seen. It was crazy. Crazy, man. How they got me back. They got me. Yeah, I got the bug again, just like he did. But overall, uh, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 I don't want to step on your transition. All right. Well, I was just going to close the show up real quick. Uh, make sure to go to the link, as I mentioned before, in the description of this episode. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter for exclusive updates. Come back this weekend. Huge show, huge interview. It di- Yep, words. WWE NXT superstar Brooks Jensen will be on the show. We're going to have a good one. So please tune into that. Share it with your friends. Um, Crazy that it's happened this fast, but, you know, we'll take all the uh, good stuff with the bad. And, you know, we're really glad this is happening. I honestly can't believe it. You might think, oh, well, he's just an NXT superstar, but he's on national television. That's insane um but we'll always be grateful to him for that and like i said we appreciate him coming on the show not sure about a weekly review next week we'll see how next week goes uh crazy you know schedule with the holidays all that stuff sec championship this weekend roll tide and uh yeah scoopy's coming up soon 
World's End review at some point. You know the business. Go follow us. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, X, Facebook, any other social media. Make sure to come back next week. Thank you for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, take care of yourself. Have a good one.